Welcome to the Fit Strength Performance Podcast, where you will be informed, educated, and empowered in order to take charge and take action so you can reach your athletic and or fitness goals. The only way for you to get stronger, faster, and better conditioned is to be consistent every day, all year long, doing things that will ensure your mind and body are strong and resilient. If you're ready to make changes, then let's go. All right, here I got my guy Carl Jacobson with tape training systems and also the viable coach. Um, so you know, real quick, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump in and give you a a, a quick synopsis, a quick bio for this dude. Um, this dude's been around the block. He's been uh, you know probably my mentor. It is my mentor in this industry. Um, but just real quick, so all of you know the credibility of this dude. You know, Carl's been in the game for 12 years. Carl's worked with over 40 plus NBA clients, and that's not even considering all those high end Division One athletes that he's come into contact with. You know, you could probably, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Carl, tri- triple or quadruple the high school athletes you've worked with as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, over a thousand plus over the yeah. last 10 years. 100%. And that's facts right there. Um, right now, you know, Carl's venturing into his viable coach business where, you know, he's already already had the privilege of working with CEO, CEOs, small businesses, um, both in his gym, both within the business sector. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, so this guy's got so much information, so much knowledge. Um, however, you know, we're going to dive into, you know, his approach to helping basketball players because he's worked with a ton at the highest level as well as at the intermediate level. So he's got a ton of information a ton of knowledge, you know, so I'm going to stop talking and give this guy the mic. Carl, welcome to the show, my guy. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. I'm happy to be here. For sure, man. So real quick, Carl, just, you know, give people an update about who you are, you know, how you got started in this industry, a little background, you know, how you got into into sports. Gotcha. Yeah. So how I got started, um, I kind of always knew I wanted to be a trainer ever since I was in, as I was in high school. Um, I loved working out, made me feel good, made me look good, you know, all the typical things you you get when you start. And then from there, um, I really love basketball. It was my favorite sport. And, you know, growing up in New York, like basketball is kind of the thing. So, um, you know, there was people that were strength coaches. I'm like, man, you could marry the two. I could, you know, be a strength and conditioning coach where I get to work, you know, I get to work out, but I get to work people out and coach them and help them out, but also be able to add that element of basketball and, and kind of marry those two. And then kind of create, you know, what I want based off that. So it kind of it kind of goes with those two interests, merging those two together. But um, where I kind of knew where I was like, hey, this is what I want to do forever was when I was in high school. Um, we had a strength conditioning coach come in externally from the school. I think you know Mike Naparella came in back to McQuaid back in um, back into my high school. And I just remember after that first session, I'm like, man, this guy gets to do this for a living. Like, this is crazy. I love this. This is awesome. It's such a great experience that after that first session, after my first taste of like a really good strength and conditioning coach, um, I knew that was going to be the course for the rest of my life. So beyond that, in high school, I started buying books and, and reading all these training books and looking at this crazy research that like Gatorade was putting out back then where I could actually read it and figure it out. And then from there, you know, I went to college um, for exercise science, got the internships kind of built from there. Um, But that's essentially where I got my start. It was kind of an obsession from really young. And then I just never looked back. Nice, man. Yeah, you know, I I know Mike. Mike's done work on my knee. I've, you know, I've been to his facility and it's 
it's you know real quick off the off the the top you know something that's it's amazing to me is kids don't have that that connection that experience that really paves out that path you know why do you mm-hmm. think that is you know i don't know many too too many kids have like oh i met this guy i i, I tried out this program this is what i want to do you know where do you think that disconnect is for some young kids yeah, I think I think in my case it's really rare. I, I doubt that most kids, when they're like a freshman in high school, like know exactly where they want to go. I just think it's most kids haven't figured it all out yet. You know, they haven't figured out what their interests are, what they like, and then also equally important, like what they don't like, what they want to stay away from. And then beyond that, it's like now, where do you? How do you want to do it? Do you want to be a trainer at a college? Do you want to go uh, the private sector route? There's so many different ways to cut, you know, and it could be any profession, right? You could either own your own practice or go work for a hospital or, uh, you know, any of these things. So I think one thing is that authentic connection. And two, I think people just don't know what they're, what they really want and what they don't. And luckily I was able to stumble upon that, you know, really early on. So. Now, what were some of that early on information you were discovering when you were diving into Gatorade? And, you know, what were some of the information that you were learning about how to improve, you know, sports performance? Yeah, so basically, basically how it happened was I went up to Barnes and Noble and I had like, I don't know, like 80 or 90 bucks on me. I, I had all this money saved from holidays and all these things. And I just went up there and I picked books based off the cover. If it said balance, I'm like, well, I know I need balance. So I grabbed the uh, athletic balance book that Mike Boyle wrote, the old one. And then I was like, um, or not Mike Boyle, um, Great Cook. And basically from there, I bought like a Mike Boyle book too, that functional strength one. Um, and then I bought anything with a basketball player on the front and, and weight training. So from there, I kind of, you know, luckily I stumbled upon some good books and, you know, some other books weren't, weren't as good, but that just kind of gave me the foundation where it was like, Hey, you know, when I started implementing some of these things and you know, you're in high school, you don't really know what you're doing. So you kind of just cherry pick what you think is going to work. But you know, some of these authors are really good and some of the stuff worked and I'm like, you know what, the more of this I apply, the better I'm getting. And you know, then I started, you know, you obsess about it. You're like, how can I get different recovery methods in? And then you start getting into the sleep and all these other aspects of it as well that they kind of like mention at the end of the book. And you kind of go down these little rabbit holes. Um, but initially it was just like, yeah, like um, Greg Cook and Mike Boyle to kind of start out. Those were kind of the two big ones. Cool. Now, a lot of people were writing books back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, you know, there was no social media either. So you, you really had limited um you have limited resources to work off from. You know, a lot of people they saw as publishing content to be kind of like selling out. And then I think, you know, I was too young to go to conferences. So, you know, books were kind of really the only the only thing. I mean, YouTube didn't even exist back then. You couldn't even go and watch a video online. So um, the, the resources were super limited and it made you really seek out these people um, once I got to the age to be able to travel and go to the conferences and stuff. But now this information is so readily available, you know, you don't get those authentic connections like you used to, but you know, that's how the world works now. So, well, I think, I think what you just talked about kind of answered the question earlier, you know, you actually dove into something and you didn't just, you know, look for instant gratification, right? You got a couple books, you looked at different avenues of balance and strength Mm -hmm. and basketball and different X's and O's, right? You experienced it. You know, I think that's Mm -hmm. one of those missing links with kids you know, with the swiping of the left and right of the phones with instant gratification, right? They, you know, I don't like this. I'm done with it. But like you Mm -hmm. dove head first. So what was your process, you know, to get to where you are today, you know, from the high school, college, and then what did you do after that? 
Okay, yeah. So, yeah, basically, you know, the high school point, we kind of explained that. And then college really started deep diving into like different resources because I was combining what I was learning from my previous experience, all the books and materials I'd gathered over time to what I was learning in my class. Right. So you learn in the kinesiology classes and you're learning in the athletic training classes and all these different um, avenues. You start putting everything together. Now I have like structured systems. I'm learning different training systems. Um, I'm able to apply these to certain athletes during internships. I'm also able to learn the communication side of it. You start connecting all the dots. And I think that's where I really started accelerating past certain other people that were just memorizing the material or they could just kind of regurgitate it. It's like I was able to connect the dots and not only make sense of it and distill it, but also be able to apply it as well. So I think knowledge is only as good as your ability to, to express it or use it. Um, beyond that, once I got done with college, um, I started in the corporate fitness. So I want to learn, you know, the business side of it. That's equally as important too, that I feel like that gets overlooked and also doesn't really get taught in college. You learn the bones and muscles, but you don't know how to balance a spreadsheet, right? So um, those are all important. From there, corporate fitness for five years. And then at that point, I knew it was time to take it on my own where I had to make that leap. And then, you know, started my own uh, thing full time. Um, and then beyond that, you know, I just met the right people and, and got in front of the right people and really networked, um, put myself out there as much as I could in different ways that other people weren't doing. Um, and just happened to get in front of the right people like agents and get pro athletes and then kind of move up from there. So um, a lot of hard work, a lot of knowledge and then some luck in there too. So, yeah, for sure, man. So let's dive into some of the X's and O's. You know, what are your, you know, you've, you and I have had countless conversations. You've sent me countless articles and books and videos and guys to follow and, you know, women, coaches, all to follow. You know, so what are your big rocks when it comes to training? Yeah, the big rocks, I think the, the two things that I learned really early on, and I credit this to one of the first trainers I came in, in touch with back, I mean, this was back when my early, early corporate days. And he said, like, all this stuff really comes down to two things. It comes down to results and relationships. Um, if you're able to get people results and you have good relationships with you, they're going to excel. They're going to stay with you. They're going to refer people, all these things that are great in the training industry. But it really, you know, I thought that was cool at first. But if you really look at it beyond that, it really goes to any profession. If you have good results and you can get people good results and you can get them to where they want to go. Um, in an efficient manner. And then you're also able to build really good relationships with them. Then they're going to stick with you. Then they're going to find value in you, right? Then they're going to resign with you or recommend you to other people or, or, or whatever it might be. Those are the two pillars. If you can, any young coach listening, if you can focus on those, you'll be set. And that those are really the two things that have set the course of my, I feel like my whole career, results and relationships. Now, let's talk to the athlete or even the parent, because more and more, you know, and it's great that I'm hearing this from even high school coaches or parents or kids, right? They're saying, I'm going to the gym, like I'm going to the YMCA or I'm going to my school gym, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm doing this, I'm doing that. You know, if, if you're talking to an athlete or a parent and, you know, you're pitching them, this is my program, this is what we really need to work on. Mm -hmm. What are those things that you're targeting and you're focusing on? 
in terms of just the training program as a whole, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Things that you believe like athletes need to be doing so mm -hmm. they can get efficient results, right? They're not wasting time. They're not going there doing an arm day, a chest day, a back For day. Sure. You know, they're not just wasting time and they're mm -hmm. complementing the skill piece too on the mm -hmm. court. Yeah, I think I think the first thing is you have to find a good coach or a good program, right? You have to have something of structure that's going to meet the kind of kids where they're at. Everyone's at a different um, place mentally, physically, um, strength-wise, power-wise. There's so many different variables, and you really need a coach to kind of be able to assess that and kind of distill that down into an appropriate program for them. Then once you have the program, you got to make sure they're doing it properly, right? So we're making sure their technique and everything is good so, you know, they don't get injured or they just – get more out of the exercise, right? If you're doing an exercise with poor technique and you don't injure yourself, you might just not get the benefits that you should be getting out of it. So I think I think those are the two keys. Find someone that's a professional that's done this before. The stuff that you did as a parent back in high school that worked, you know, might not work anymore, or might not be efficient, right? You might have this kid working out for hours and hours where they could have gotten, you know, the same amount of results done in a way shorter amount of time. And I think that's what we really want because for most of the kids listening, you're the, for everybody listening, that you're, you're playing this finite. You're only going to play so many years, whether you go pro, whether you go to college, or whether it's just four years in high school. So what we're trying to do is maximize um, that time. And one way you can do that is finding a good coach that has good program writing skills that's able to actually put the right program in front of the kids and teach it effectively. Then you can shorten the curve and maximize that time period that they have. And I think that's ultimately what we're looking for, just to be the best we can be within the time we have. Sure. Sure. What I'm hearing is like, you, you got to find someone you can trust and yeah. that knows what they're doing, right? Because that, you know, mm -hmm. there's a reason why, you know, you and I do what we do. There's a reason why there's teachers and there's, you know, yes. there's stock, you know, people that work in the stocks, there's chefs, there's, you know, all these different types of people because they're mm -hmm. experts at it, you know? So wh why waste time and guess? Why just go to the gym and say these machines yeah. look effective? Let's just do these machines. You know, really invest in that time to find yeah. someone that, that does it every day. Exactly. And there's just so much stuff out there. There's so much stuff on social media that some of it works, some of it doesn't. You know, but parents don't know, you know, and the kids don't know. You see your favorite athlete doing it, but it might be the right time to do it. Or maybe you should be doing that exercise that athlete's doing, but you should be doing it in a different set rep tempo, right? So there's so many variables and it's just it's not worth the parents time or the athletes time to try to figure all this out on their own you just waste a serious amount of time and, and literally by the time we figured it out it, it's probably going to be too late yeah. so at least get in front of a coach at least get some recommendations get a program written out and from there you know just do the best you can do with it unless you hire that coach ongoing which i would probably you know obviously i do it for a living i would highly recommend that yeah. Um, for anyone out there, don't don't waste your time. Just yeah, you want the shortcut. The shortcut is hiring a coach. Sure. I mean, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat, but again, you know that doesn't mean that you can yeah. just throw a bar in a kid's back and just say, "Hey, go f do this movement. It's going to be good for you." You know, there's, there's sure. twenty different squat variations mm -hmm. for that type of kid, and that could be the you know game changer without a doubt. For sure. And I think one other thing is like a lot of the stuff. It's like you know the kids go in there and work hard, and you can learn a lot a lot of lessons by working hard, but Ultimately, you want the kid to be rewarded for their hard work. So in that meaning, the hard work has to translate to the court. If you have them working really hard and that work doesn't translate, the kids are going to wonder, I'm doing all this hard work. Why aren't I getting better? Why aren't I jumping higher? Why aren't I getting faster? Why am I getting injured more? Whatever, whatever it might be, there has to be some reward. You have to be able to tie that back into the psyche of the kid. 
If they put all the hard work in, they have to see the result. That has to also be reinforced to them. Like, hey, see, when we did these workouts, you feel better. See, you're not as injured as much. See, you're able to perform in the fourth quarter. Whatever that is, whatever, however that kid ticks, you're going to have to re. re that doesn't always get done, but that that's something that parents really need to, to focus on is, again, getting someone professional in front of them to be able to to deliver the program, to deliver the communication, mm -hmm. messaging, and the results that transfer over. Yeah, I think I think that's huge for buy-in, right? If they can understand mm -hmm. and you can relate it to the sport, like you said, they got to be able yeah. to not only get the results on the court, but there's a reason mm -hmm. you do split squats or skater hops or some type of ISO because there's a purpose yeah. and you have to relate that purpose on the court. So I think that's great. Speaking exactly. of jumping, increasing your vertical, that is probably yeah. that's probably the number one thing I hear, number right? Even mm, when a kid's like, I don't, I don't know what my goals are. I really, you know what your goals are? Well, I want to jump higher, right? Yeah. That is always top priority. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with all, you know, you, you have crazy Excel sheets and templates and different ways mm -hmm. to give kids these results and feedback. How do you yeah. approach helping an athlete, a basketball player, jump higher? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. This one's kind of, uh, I'll get a little more technical on this one because this one can get a little complex, but just, you know, be able to give takeaways for people listening. Cause there's certain things you just have to see when it comes to like the Excel sheets and stuff like that. But I think it really starts, you know, any, with any training program, especially vertical jump, you have to start with an assessment and you can't, the biggest mistake I feel like when trainers write out vertical jump program is they just focus on vertical jump. You have to, you have to focus as a whole, and then zoom into the vertical jump. So you start off with, you know, assessments, you work with flexibility assessments, mobility assessments. Um, you also have to assess their technique, right? What is their, what does their takeoff look like? What does their landing look like? Cause you know, they can jump high, but we also don't want them injured, right? So again, that's looking at the hole, not just how high you can jump, but also how you can land. And I think from there, you got to look at like metrics and standards. I would highly recommend any, you know, anyone out there to look them up. There's so many different, you know, standards. They're in, you know, a lot of the training books, whether it's basketball or any of these other sports specific books that you can buy, they typically have like testing standards. Um, and also, again, you're dressing the kid where they're at. So what we're trying to do with these standards is find out what's their limiting factor. What's like the weakest link on the chain and then kind of build it from there. So an example of what we kind of do at our program is, you know, we start off with size. Again, we're looking at holistic, um, you know, are they within 80% of, of how big they need to be um, for their position, right? And because we're not training high jumpers here, um, you know, we can't just train someone that's got a crazy vert that's just really rail skinny because they're going to get pushed around and that vertical jump ability is going to get neutralized. Someone will just bump them or get in their way and they're not going to be able to jump through contact, right? So again, it's how can we increase vertical jump for a basketball player, not just vertical jump um, general, because every sport has different demands. And we use charts for that, right? So if it's male, female, um, what their position is, what their frame is, and then from there, kind of like what their level is. Are they in high school? Are they in uh, college? Are they in pro? So that's kind of how the size portion works. Once we've kind of figured out, are they big enough? Then we kind of go to the strength. That's the second tier. So strength you know, some, we have some strength standards. So 2.5 times um, on the trap bar, body weight, two times squat, and then 1.5 times on the bench. So we take their max reps, we kind of measure it up against those um, standards. And then from there, once they meet those strength requirements, we, we get into more power work. Um, and power work, 
there's a lot of different ways you can cut this, but an easy way you can do it is we test for um, an explosive strength decrement. So basically we take the counter movement jump and we compare it to like the non-counter movement jump. And if there's a zero to 7.5% decrement, we're gonna give them a velocity-based uh, program. So basically, if you look at the force velocity curve, 80% of the program is gonna be in that bottom two thirds of the force velocity curve. And then the top, the 20% of it's gonna be in that top one third, so the remaining percent. So essentially what we're doing is we're meeting kind of where their power deficits are because power can be created in a couple different ways. If they're decrement between 7.5 and 12%, again, when we're comparing the counter movement jump to the regular jump, basically we're gonna give them a balanced program. So one third of the program is gonna be at the top of the reverse velocity curve, another third of the program is gonna be in the middle, and then another third is gonna be at the bottom. Um, and again, if you're not familiar with the force velocity curve, definitely something you wanna check out. And then kind of the last one we go over is if the, oh, sorry, if the strength decrement is between 12.5% or more between the two jumps, we're gonna give them more of a strength-based program. And then again, 80% of the program program is going to be on the top two thirds of a force velocity curve. And then the other 20% of the program is going to be at the bottom. Yeah. So basically that's how you kind of carve out the power side of it. The strength is kind of just a general comparison. The size is a general comparison. They're easy numbers. The power you're going to have to get a little bit more deep into the metrics. Then you can also look at uh, reactive strength index. And I've also played around with some um, wattage formulas. So you can see based off how big they are, how high they jump, kind of what their, their wattage is, their output. Um, it's interesting, man. It's interesting to plug those into some NBA guys and kind of compare them to your, your college and high school guys. And they're like, wow, you know, how does this guy jump this high? Well, he produces this much power and, you know, this is where you're at. And this is, you know, it's, it's good to give kind of perspective to some of these people. Um, and then I think the other thing is, from a communication standpoint, this is a big thing is once you've done the assessments, now it's kind of time to fill in the gaps. And obviously we need to give the athletes what they need um, at that appropriate level they're at. But once you give them the results, you have to come up with some type of either scoring system or some way to, to relay that information or present it to them in like a meaningful manner where it matters to them. Yep. Um, it can't just be like numbers and standards and all these things that have, you have to come up with some type of scoring system um, one thing we've done is we've come up with a scoring system, kind of like the NBA 2K, right? So like a lot of athletes play NBA 2K and, you know, like, whoa, this guy's a 78 or this guy's an 80. So basically what we do is we take all the metrics and we summarize it into almost like a 2K score. So they, that's a number that they understand. And most parents don't understand that, but the kids do. And that's what I'm getting at is when you're presenting this information, it has to be done in a meaningful way where they care, where they care to improve their score. Because most, a lot of athletes, you know, especially at the higher level, they're like, hey, I'm in the NBA. I don't understand why I need to lift weights. Or, hey, I'm already scoring 20 points a game. I don't need to understand why I should lift weights. And I think that's, that's one of the things is what can we put in front of these kids that is meaningful to them where they want to actually improve on these things? Yep. Um, and that, that's the biggest thing. So that's from a vertical jump. I know I kind of went in the holistic, but you really have to look at it holistically um, and, then, and then work your way in from there. I mean, that was super detailed, man. Like, I think the big, the big rocks become knowing, like, what is, like what's going to happen when you train heavy and slow versus mm -hmm. what's going to happen when you, yeah. when you train light and fast. And then what goes on in the middle? How can you blend the two? Because, what, yeah. what, right, what we see a lot of kids doing is they do these, 
you know, the, we, they do these, um, you know, ascending sets, 15, 12, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, as heavy as they can go. And they, then they also, they rep out every body part for high, high, high volume. And then yeah. what do they do? They go to a 46 inch box jump, jump as high as they can jump off, mm-hmm. do that a few times. And we realized that, right. You train slow. You're going to be slow, right? Yeah. So you just dove into this detailed, um, yeah. equation yeah. of if you do X, then you need Y, yeah. or if you do Y, mm-hmm. then you need X. And I think that's one of the yeah. reasons that we circle back to say like, this is why you need someone that kind of knows what they're doing because yeah. they're going to point you in a direction that'll give mm-hmm. you those optimal efficient results. So that was, that was, dope, sure. man. that was great. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think, I think from, you know, when it comes to strength and conditioning, I think a lot of it's, you know, based off the force velocity curve, we're trying to get them bigger. We're trying to get them faster. We're trying to get them stronger, but there's a method to the madness. You got to learn from a training standpoint, you got to learn how to surf that curve and give, you know, figure out where people are on that curve and then what they need based off the, based off the curve, based off the assessments. I think a lot of it, you know, it's the technical side of it, but then again, the second part of it is like, how can we communicate and, you know, make it, make it meaningful to them, you know, understanding how they tick and then reverse engineer that and then present them with something meaningful. Sure. Um, and it could be as easy as giving someone some ankle stretch, you know, someone blowing out their ankle all the time, you give them some stretches and some strengthening stuff, follow up, make sure they're doing the right thing. And then after the next season, be like, Hey, do you see that you're, you only missed one game this year instead of five. I mean, like there's trust and buying right there because no one wants to sit out. And I've had that happen before. I give people just some basic stuff. And then all of a sudden they're all bought in because it allowed them to play a few extra games. You know, in high school, again, you only have so many games. You know, if you only play varsity two or three years, you only have so many games. And it's really short when you think about it. So, yeah, absolutely, man. So mm-hmm. before we wrap this up, you know, last question before we get to our speed round. What's, yeah. you know, what do you think – high school basketball players, and we could even say middle school basketball players, you know, what do they need right now to really, you know, I don't even want to, I don't know if I want to say like get to the next level, but just Mm -hmm. to get results, to have an opportunity to get to a higher level. You know, what do you think, you know, if if you were talking to a parent or a kid right now, like what do most kids need right now? Yeah. Um, Outside of the basic stuff, like the mental side of it, right? Like, I think it's, um, can they focus, right? Can they deal with their emotions and adversity? Can they handle pressure? And you have that whole mental side of it. And then you have the, the physical side, which we talked about, like bigger, faster, stronger. Um, obviously health is important. They're not injured. Health underpins performance. We know that, right? And then obviously the skill side of it, you know, are you able to play well, play well within your position or your role? Outside of those big four, because I feel like people default to that. Like my kid's not mentally right. My kid's not physically big enough or strong enough or can jump high enough you know, health, they're always getting injured or the skill side of it. I really think the best thing that parents can do and that kids can do, and this kind of double-edged sword here, but get a good coach, a good a good high school coach, someone that's generally invested in you, that's going to steer you in the right direction. And I think a lot of times it comes down to like, oh, what's best for the athlete? The best thing for the athlete is getting around the right people. Because you're you're going to be guided because things are going to hit the fan. You're going to have to go in different different directions in certain times. But get around the right people, the right coach that's going to give you the right guidance. That's going to give you like what we talked about in the beginning, like an authentic connection. That's going to get you in front of the right strength coach. That's going to gear you to the right skills coaches. That's going to put you through practices. That's going to help you work on your communication. Getting around, I can't say enough for getting around the right people. Um, and it's, and it's hard to figure out. You might get burned. You might think, hey, this is a great coach. This might be 
a great coach and it, it might not, but you have to have that ability to pull the kid out and um, put them somewhere else. Now that's where it can get tricky, right? Cause we're always worried about kids transferring schools and all that stuff that's going on and, you know, going to different AU teams and travel teams and stuff like that. So there can be like, like I was saying before, like a double-edged sword to it, but really just take the time to do your research, to get in front of the right kid, uh, right coaches, making sure that you, you're evaluating the kid, like, hey, I, this kid's been working. Is he, is he making progress? Is he doing the right things? Is he maturing the right way? Is he handling himself the right way? Um, and a lot of that comes down to getting, getting around the right uh, head coach, because literally it comes down to the head coach is in charge of everything, that and the parent. Um, so if you can get to like a good school system with a good coach or even a good travel coach, if you don't have the ability to change schools or something like that, I can't emphasize how important that is to have good mentors for these kids. Um, and I feel like that's lost and, and it needs to be found. <laughs> yeah. You know, we could, we could go down a deep rabbit hole of, you know, the AAU circuit and, you know, how we, yeah. how kids may and parents may figure mm -hmm. that out, but you know, we don't, there's only so many hours in a day, right? Only so for many sure. hours. For sure. So, so let's hit the speed round real quick. You know, you're a, okay. you're an avid Bills fan. What's happening? Yes, Sunday, what's, Bills, ha man. what's happening? What's happening? Bill, Bills are going to win by three. We're going to win oh. on a field goal at the end. Oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. Our, our D's got some injuries, and they got that high-powered offense. But I think Josh Allen rarely ever has two bad games in a row. And Allen Dig, uh, Stephon Diggs rarely ever has two games where he doesn't have like touchdowns in a row. Okay. So I think we're going to rebound hard. Okay. Really hard on this next game. All right, I'm going to I'm, I'm hit you up after that game. So I'm going to hit you up real quick. Um, mm -hmm. Books. What books are on repeat for you right now? What are books you always diving repeat. into? Yeah, so I would say over my whole because I've I've kind of made this this I started off with a ton of strength conditioning books and then I went to uh, more business books as I tried to launch my business and I'm more doing more productivity. But the one book that really stuck out that I keep going back to and it's a little bit more technical to read um, is called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And it's like the least expected book because it's got this dude on, on a suit on the front, like definitely not like a book you would think, but it's called, you know, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. And I think the big thing, the big thing with this book, why I go back to it, is it gives you an adaptable system to be productive. And I think that's one thing universal, no matter what job you're in, no matter, you know, what you're dealing with your kids, like you want to be productive. You want to be able to get things done, but you also want to do it in a stress-free yeah. way. And every time I go back and reread that book, um, I pick up new things. It's sure. wild. Sure, man. That's great. Yeah. I think, I think kids will, could, could definitely benefit from a, a book that just teaches them. How can you be, how can you, how can you be successful in a day? You know, how can you organize yeah. yourself to be yeah. productive? I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. I think that's for huge, sure. Yeah. yeah. The author is David Allen and he writes ones just for teens too. He's got the whole book that's geared just for teens. So if you're, Younger person reading this, there's a teen book and then an adult, you know, there's the normal book too. So the last question was, you know, tips for parents and coaches to help their athletes succeed. You know, I think we talked about that. You know, I think you hammered yeah. it with the idea of, you know, finding people you can trust, trust that can yeah. help lead them down a path where they can be successful and be their best, um, you know, version mm -hmm. of themselves. So yeah. real quick before we end, I want to give you the platform to talk about, you know, the viable coach, you know, what, what, what's that all about? Yeah. So I started a side business. So I think the whole story in a nutshell is I started a side business. Basically, I wanted to continue coaching, but I wanted to do it outside of the training industry. I'm like, I really want to test my coaching skills outside of 
what comes naturally to me, what comes easy to me, and also what I've been doing for a long time at a decently high level. So how can I do that? What else am I passionate about? So again, it comes back to the first question you asked, how'd you get in this? I married the passions together. So I married my passion for coaching with my passion for productivity and like tech and backend systems. Cause I felt like I was always able to get a ton done um, in a short amount of time. And then other people would ask me like, what systems are you using? What, are, what, what things are you using on the back of your business? What software are you using to this on the business? And I got answering those questions for years and years and years. I think it was like 2017 to 2022, the beginning of 22. I got asked so many questions that I was like, you know, at some point I have to like make this a brand and monetize it. And, you know, side project, side project, it grows into full time and it's full time. But basically what we do is we help entrepreneurs um, work less and get more done through productivity systems, time management strategies, um, and basically we do that all through coaching and online courses, um, to, to put it short. So essentially if you're have your own business or own your own business, and again, we you know time's money, right? So if you're looking to really maximize the back end of your business and get more done in a stress-free way, this is a company we offer free content. You know, we're launching some courses, essentially a seven point we'll have a podcast, but, um, that's kind of the company in a nutshell. Again, just kind of extending that coaching aspect into something outside the training industry. Yeah, great, man. You know, and I can I can advocate for everything that you that you do in the gym mm -hmm. as well as from a business side. You know, you'd be the first person I'd point in the direction of an entrepreneur and yeah. or you know a, an athlete who really has some deep, deep, deep mm -hmm. questions in regards to taking their performance to a higher level. Um, you know, so Carl, you're my guy. My go-to if I got questions about business, about life, about, mm -hmm. you know, strength and conditioning. So I appreciate all you've done for, you know, not only myself, but the industry. Yep. Um, and I'm excited to see where the viable coach, man, you are, you are crazy as can be when it comes to getting stuff done. So yeah, I, know, man, I, appreciate it. I know things are going to be hot and cooking in the next, you know, six to 12 months mm -hmm. with your business, man, for sure. No, I appreciate it. So I appreciate your time, yeah, my man. man. Appreciate you too. Thanks for having me. No doubt, man. Peace. See ya.